We're going to get going here because I have um, a, not a lot to say tonight, but I have an incredible uh, person that we're going to talk about. This is part two of ordinary people, ordinary people. Point at yourself and say, I'm an ordinary people. I'm an ordinary people. <laughs> Somebody uses Grammarly. Okay. I'm an ordinary people. <clears throat> All right. I'm almost ready. Honest. So we continue our series, Ordinary People. How many of you were here for the last one? Ow. <laughs> uh, I was here for the last one. I think I preached it. I was here. Um, ordinary people. I am definitely an ordinary person. You are most definitely an ordinary person. Excellent. I'm glad we've got a bunch of ameners and agreeers in the house tonight. You can't hear you can't hear it online because they're not mic'd, but they are, man, they are shouting up a storm tonight. You should hear them. Whew. Okay. All right. God uses ordinary people Amen. to do extraordinary things. Now we're talking. We're getting somewhere now. But Shane said he was going to be more amen this year, and I think it's going to happen tonight. Tonight is going to be the night that amen happens. Praise God. But usually, it is the ordinary people who don't think that God will use them. We usually don't celebrate ordinary things. We consider ordinary to be normal, average, mediocre, not special, blah, bland. God views ordinary differently. And I want to see what God sees in me. Amen. As we look at the disciples, you will find characteristics that you will identify with. We're going to continue to go through uh, as many disciples as we can get through. Some of them, we're just going to say their name and dismiss because there's not a whole lot of info. <clears throat> we may combine a few. But tonight was one of those characters. And I'll tell them. Tell you who it is here in just a second. I just want us to understand that we are all unique. We all have our giftings. Even when we think we don't have giftings, we all have things that we're good at. We all have things that we're a little more confident about or maybe not confident about. Um, uh, we are all unique, and God created us very much that way. There's not a ton of people who are identical. Maybe somewhere out there, and I had one for a while. I don't know if they're still around, but every once in a while you see somebody that looks kind of sort of almost like you. What do they call that? Your doppelganger? I don't even know if that is that a real word. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that's a Stephen King word or not. But somebody that looks kind of sort of just like you, maybe they act or maybe they remind you in their mannerisms. Uh, about uh, the way you would act and, and possibly, but even in that, they are unique. Even if you have an identical twin, they are unique in personality. They're unique in, in their uh, life experiences. And so they may view things differently, um, even though there's a weird connection between twins. And, and, but they're still very unique. God created each of us 
to be very unique. And hopefully we can find some characteristics and identify with some of these ordinary people in Scripture if we wanted to. Right now we're looking at the disciples. But if we wanted to, we could go through the entire Bible. It would take us a few years, and you guys would just have to hang in there. But every Friday would be a message called Ordinary People because we could go from Genesis to Revelation and go through every single character in Scripture and see how ordinary and normal they were, yet how amazing they were when they were working for God and God was working through them. So this could be an extremely long series, and we're not going to put you through that. But uh, as you study people in Scripture, look at them as human beings. We see the story from the beginning to the end. We see the outcome, but there are times that, that characters uh, like Daniel going to the lion's den, he did not necessarily know. He had confidence in his God, but he didn't know the outcome. His confidence was that no matter what happened, he'd be okay, right? Because he trusted in God, but, but he didn't know that he was going to be the, the, the lion's mouths were going to be shut and he was going to be safe and, 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 and come out on the other side. Like, could you imagine? Put yourself into his shoes. An ordinary person committed to God did extraordinary things, right? So don't forget, as you're looking at these, as we call them, heroes of faith, that they were ordinary people. These disciples that followed Jesus were ordinary people, just like you and me. Last week, we talked about Simon Peter. Simon, of course, referring to who he was, and Peter referring to who he could be. Isn't it amazing? Jesus looks at us how we are. We come to him as we are, right? He doesn't tell you, to, you, need to, you need to clean up before you come to church. You need to get your life right before you give your heart to me. No, that, that's, no. we do need to ask repentance or forgiveness and repent of our sins, absolutely. But us approaching God, he accepts us <laughs> for who he loves us, for who we are. He loves us for who we are. It's just like, come to me, and I, I can take what you have, that ordinary, and turn it into something absolutely amazing that is life-changing, not for you only, but for everyone around you. Because, again, this is not about you. This is not about me. This is about us doing God's will in our life. So Simon, referring to who he was, Peter, referring to his potential or who he could be. It was Peter who preached on the day of Pentecost and thousands of lives were transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. It was also Simon Peter who denied Jesus or stuck his foot in his mouth or acted harshly towards the guards and harshly, I mean, takes his ear off. Now you're being a little harsh, right? Took his ear off. Even though it was, it was the odds were overwhelmingly against him. Still, this was Peter. It was also Simon Peter who got the revelation who Jesus is. Who do men say that I am? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Right? So some of us can identify with this bowl in a china shop kind of personality. Don't look around. Don't pointing fingers. 
Some of us can identify with that. Some of us, that's how we live our Christian life. We bang into somebody. We tell them how it is. This is the truth. Bless God, you got to get this going in your life, and you got to change this, and then maybe I'll allow you to come to my... No. <laughs> Bull in a china shop. Mess up every invitation you invite somebody to church. You mess it up. You put your foot in your mouth. You don't get it quite right. And then you turn around after witnessing somebody and they say, yeah, I'm going to come to church with you. That's going to be great. The next day when you see them, you mess up and you cuss. You're like, right? They're like, I thought you said you were a Christian. Uh, what kind of church do you go to again? Right? Put your foot in your mouth. Not acting the way that you say that you act. Right? All those things, the bull in the china shop. So some of us are going, going to identify with that uh, type of Christian living. Um, and, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I put my foot in my mouth when I'm talking to people or when I'm preaching. Amen. Thank you for showing grace. Showing grace. God used Peter, and God can use you. So let's look at our focus first really quick. Acts 4.13, this is in the New um, Life Translation, New Living Translation, New Life Translation, something like that. Right, just keep searching translations until you find this, NLT, amen. There's getting to be so many that I can't remember what their names are, and they're all close, and they all have similar acronyms. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John for they could see that they were ordinary men. Everybody say ordinary men. With no special training in the scriptures, they, were, uh, they also recognized, kind of like this little afterthought, but the most important thing of the entire verse, they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Being with Jesus will make you act different. Being with Jesus will make you talk different. The way that you do things will be different when you spend time with Jesus. And they saw it. They're like these men had been with Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I pray tonight that you would be with us. God, help us tonight to understand your word. God, as it's presented tonight, I pray that we would open our hearts to receive what you're trying to say to us tonight. That we would not just be hearers of the word, but doers also. That we would leave changed, not the same way that we walked in. Help us to grow tonight in your word and understanding of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ordinary simply means with no special or distinctive features. Normal. 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 Right? Normal. Hallelujah. When people look at me, I don't want them to see me. Sometimes that is going to be the first impression that maybe they get, but when they see me, I want them to see Jesus. I want, to, I want them to see the smile, even during road rage. And let it be authentic. God, forgive that person for cutting me off. 
and making me so upset. Help me to smile. Help me to turn on the right music and get my mind off of the negativity of the day, but back on you. When somebody sees me, let them see you in my life. When I interact with people on my job or wherever I might go throughout town, let it be a positive interaction where they can see that something is different about me. When they look into my eyes, they can see that there is genuine love and concern and not just a passive, this is just a transaction I have to do today. This is just something I have to buy. This is just some banking I've got to do. This is just an errand that I have to run and you're the only thing between me and my supper while you're going through drive through But let them see the love of God in you. I want them to see Jesus in me. Praise God. Tonight, Too far. Part two of our series, Ordinary People. We're going to look at Andrew. Andrew. How many times is Andrew mentioned in Scripture? About a baker's dozen. Yeah. And it's usually in association with his older brother, or his brother. Was he older? I don't know. Not much is said about Andrew. Praise God. Amen. All you Bible scholars out there in YouTube land, tell me, older, younger. All right, in the comments, ordinary people, the disciple, Andrew. Now, believe it or not, Andrew was part of the inner circle. Who do we usually think of as the close ones to Jesus? Peter, James, and John. And then under your breath, really quietly, Andrew. Right? Peter, James, or circle. Hmm. I don't know why, other than it was just simply Andrew's uh, personality, his demeanor, whatever it was, he was not one that looked for the spotlight. And maybe it's because he grew up with Simon, the loud, boisterous, bull in a china shop kind of personality that he didn't have anywhere to shine in that life, in that relationship. He was, by default, the quiet one. Anybody have friends like that? Don't look around. Where you're the quiet one. Because, boy, they can talk. <laughs> and that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Praise God. I like the talkers. Sometimes that means I don't have to. I can just sit in a corner and sip my coffee and listen uh, to all the talkers out there. And so I identify a little bit with Andrew tonight. I... I, I if I can get in a comfortable chair and have a sip of coffee and uh, um, listen to other people talk, I, I'm, I'm pretty good with that. Pretty good with that. I don't have to be in the center. I force myself to be in the center of the conversations at times, but that is not my norm. That is Christ working in me. Praise God. Amen. Not necessarily my personality. Uh, now, my brother, or my, 
well, yeah, brother and my dad. My dad can talk to a fence post, um, probably right all the way to baptism. But um, he can, and and I've I've got a little bit of that quality in me, but I don't like that part of me for some reason. I, I I'd rather just sit in a corner and drink my coffee. Praise God. But this is Andrew and his life in the shadow of Simon. John 1, 40 to 42. This is where we meet Andrew. So right off the bat, we see that Andrew was listening to John, talking about John the Baptist. So listening, seeking after a Messiah, listening to John. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him, so not just listening to John, but following after, was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Once again, Andrew can't even get a verse to himself. Simon Peter wasn't even there, yet Simon Peter gets mentioned. Unbelievable. He first findeth his own brother Simon. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And this sums up Andrew perfectly. Verse 42. And he brought him to Jesus. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Another word for stone, Petra, Peter. Again, the emphasis in these scriptures is his brother, Simon, Peter. But we're missing it if all we can see is Simon Peter. If we look into these verses close enough, we're going to see a powerful work by a very ordinary person who went uh, and did a simple thing. A simple thing that changed the outcome of history. Ordinary people. Andrew was the first to spend time with Jesus. The first. Could you imagine, of all the people that spent time with Jesus, Andrew could hold claim to I was the first to spend time with Jesus. I was the first. It was a little bit of a a status thing. You remember the disciples like to bicker and argue about who was going to be the greatest in heaven, and and uh, they uh, 
uh, you know, who's, who's going to sit closest to you? And who's, if anybody could have said anything, Andrew was the first. Could very easily have made it a point to be involved in those conversations. But you will not find Andrew involved in those conversations. Andrew's focus was on one thing, and that was the Messiah, spending time, quality time with Jesus. That interaction impacted him. How do we know uh, that interaction impacted him? It's because not because he said so, not because there's a whole bunch of scriptures written about how much Jesus impacted Andrew's life. It's not chapters and books, not the book of Andrew to describe how uh, much Jesus impacted Andrew's life. What was it about Andrew that showed us that he was impacted by that first interaction with the Messiah? It was the fact that his desire was to go tell somebody else. Go tell somebody else. And of course, Andrew being Andrew, the first person that he goes and tells is the one closest to him, Simon, his brother. If Andrew ever had the opportunity to start to shine on his own, to come out from the shadow of Simon Peter and, and have his own ministry, his own closeness to Jesus, start making a name for himself, this was the time. I don't need to tell Simon Peter. He's going to figure out something on his own. Or maybe he'll show up a little later on, but I'll have the first seat. But that's not Andrew. When you sincerely seek for the Messiah, you will find him. And when you find him, you cannot keep it to yourself. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Andrew was seeking the Messiah with all of his heart. So Andrew introduced Simon to Jesus. And Simon became Peter, and Peter became the voice that preached to thousands on the day of Pentecost. Absolutely incredible. Anybody know where Andrew was on the day of Pentecost? Other than being filled with the Holy Ghost? Can't find it in Scripture. He was standing in the shadow behind Peter as Peter preached. Andrew was focused on the one. This is the most important thing about Andrew. It wasn't about the crowd. It wasn't about a bunch of people. He was focused on Jesus, and he was focused on the one, the individual, the seemingly insignificant He is seldom mentioned in Scripture 
like we said, about 13 times. He was mentioned in a list of disciples, and the other times were either moments of insight or when he was bringing somebody to Jesus. Hmm. Boy, if my name was ever written in Scripture, that's the one thing that I would want to be known for. Bringing somebody to Jesus. Andrew had an understanding of who Jesus was and what Jesus could do. And all it would take is some interaction, just a little bit of relationship, some time spent with the Messiah. And life could be changed. Andrew was not on the hilltop screaming it. Andrew was going one by one, one by one, and bringing them to Jesus. Hmm. I would rather be known for bringing someone to Jesus than to have all the popularity in the world, all the position, all the fame. I really love the character of Andrew. I don't think after I'm gone, if there's ever books written about my life, it's going to be one or two words, hit and miss here and there, a few little things. But if you ever write any words, let them say that I brought somebody to Jesus. Brought somebody to Jesus. Has he been good to anybody? Has he changed anybody's life? His love is absolutely amazing. I, I, I cannot imagine going through life without him. And I'm so thankful that somebody took the time to introduce me to Jesus. Now you can say, well, you grew up in a, in a family that went to church. Yeah, I sure did. But I had just as much opportunity to not serve God as I did to serve God. And yes, I sat in the pew, and yes, for many years, I didn't listen to a thing that was being preached. But I'm so glad that one day, someone took the time to introduce me to Jesus. And from that moment on, my life has not been the same. Somebody had it in their heart, just like Andrew, I need to tell one person about Jesus. I know you've been sitting in a church pew your whole life, but I need to tell you about Jesus. You may be here in person, but maybe you don't know him on the inside like I do. I need to tell you today about Jesus. Introduce you to Jesus because he can and wants to change your life. Just you, ordinary person, change you to do great and mighty things in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Andrew paid close attention to Jesus. I don't know about you, but we get distracted, busy through our, 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 our days, our, our weeks. Um, there's things that come up. You know, work gets crazy, right? Uh, we, we've got drilling on board right now, all kinds of people sleeping everywhere at all weird random hours and and uh, the, the, the speakers are going off all the time, and, 
and um, uh, hollering for somebody to do this or hollering for somebody to do that, and you're trying to sleep. It just gets crazy, and then you're then you're busy, and they need you to do something that needs to be done yesterday, and and so you're you're grabbing your stuff and you're filling that permit, and you're going and doing your job, and it's it's just nuts, uh, and and that's kind of sort of how uh, last week was, and. And then you come home and it's like, oh, we're, we're, it's 60 degrees and everything's melting. No one can get in the driveway and the, the snowpack is too thick and you got to get out there and do some work so that people don't uh, get buried in your driveway. Um, they might get buried in Jesus' name. Um, in Well, the water would have to melt first, but it'd be, it'd be good. Um, but buried in the driveway in the snow, right? There's Life can get absolutely crazy, but Andrew... Andrew had a focus on Jesus. He paid close attention to Jesus. How do we do that in our life? This is, this is free. It's not even in the notes. How do we do that? Pay close attention to what God is doing. We need to hear his voice. We need to listen for his plan for the day. How do we do that? Well, we start our day not with a balanced breakfast, we start our day with a balance of prayer and Bible reading. God, speak to me today through your word. Touch me today so that I can do your work. Lead me to somebody who is hungry. Right? And if you didn't do that and you got to work and it's lunchtime and you're bad mood, guess what? You can always hit the reset button. God, help me today to put you first and to allow your light to shine through me to those that I'm working with. It's okay to stop. God, forgive me. I haven't given you any attention, any time today. I need uh, you to do a great work in my life, and I can't do that if I'm not paying attention, if I'm not listening to you. Andrew paid close attention to Jesus. He tried to understand the principles that he taught. Rather than just listening to the stories. The lost sheep. The one. Andrew caught that. The lost coin. Listening to the story. Sometimes we get, uh, look at this great big broad picture that's being painted. When we miss the point. Jesus said it's about the one. Andrew caught that quick and acted upon it. It's about the one. Even if it's my older brother or my younger brother. Did I go through this before? I went through this before. It's all good. I have an older brother. I have two older brothers. And uh, that's how I view this situation. Uh, As a brother who over powered and overshadowed in every way still Andrew looked past all of that and knew that Peter or Simon Peter needed to spend time with Jesus incredible look past all of the stuff that may have been hindrances we talked about uh in um uh follow to lead the other day one of the questions was what are some of the things that are hindering us from doing uh, discipleship uh, or making a disciple. And Andrew had plenty of things that could hinder him. 
And I know this because I've got brothers. And there are times, not all the time, like, but when we were kids, there were times that I didn't want my brother to be involved with what I was doing. Most of the time, it was them not wanting me to be involved with what they're doing because I was the little brother, right? We're going out to the restaurant with our friends. Can I go? No, you're too little, right? Who knows? Andrew may have been uh, may have been hurt as a as a brother. You ever been there? Yeah, as a sibling, uh, there's there was plenty of roadblocks, but. The amazing part is that Andrew looked past all of those roadblocks, all of those situations that may have caused him, like his position being first and all that kind of stuff. He looked past all of those things and told his brother because it was important that he reach the one. And the one that he reached was also the most important to him. When we're reaching for people, Usually, we're going to try to reach the people that we're closest with, our friends, our coworkers, the ones that we are closest with. They're the ones that we're going to go to first. In the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, every other disciple was trying to help, but Andrew actually all the other disciples were throwing all kinds of stuff his way. Well, Jesus, we just need to send them away. They can fend for themselves. They can go to the next town or the next city, and they've got money. They can go buy something. They can take care of themselves, and, and, and we'll just move on. Like Coming up with solutions. Like Jesus didn't know there was a town over there or they had their own money. Like, they're talking to Jesus like he doesn't know any better. And while all of this is going on, we see Andrew. I love this. John 6, 8 through 9. One of his disciples, Andrew, here we go again, Simon Peter's brother, Oh, poor Andrew. <clears throat> Saith unto him. Oop, did I go too far? I did. <clears throat> what in the world? Praise God, I love technology. There is a lad here. So while the others are bickering, trying to give suggestions, trying to talk over one another. Andrew has laser focus on what's going on and what uh, Jesus is capable of doing. <laughs> Whether he knew exactly how it was all going to uh, pan out, I, I don't think he knew. There is a lad here. Andrew went found a lad which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? So Andrew didn't know exactly what was going to happen. 
But rather than sending people away, because Andrew's mission was about bringing people to Jesus, not about sending people away from Jesus. And so I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to invite somebody to life group. I don't know if this is going to work, but maybe I'm going to invite a friend for a cup of coffee and, and show them the love of God. I don't know if this is going to work, but maybe God will step into a situation and minister to somebody on my lunch break. I'm going to find something, use whatever I've got available to me, and allow God to do what God can do so important that we allow God to be God and we just simply have an attitude like Andrew like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep bringing them to Jesus he brought the lad to Jesus I don't know what this is gonna do but I know that if I can connect this lad and these little tiny insignificant things if I can connect them with Jesus something is gonna happen just like it happened in Andrew's life, just like it happened in Simon Peter's life, just like it happened in the other disciples' life, if I can bring this lad to Jesus, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how God's going to save your family. I don't know how God's going to reach your coworkers. I don't know how all of this is going to happen. I don't know how a great church is going to be uh, built in North Pole. I, I can't give you all the answers to that, but I do know that if we can get people close to Jesus, their lives will be changed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Andrew knew that this little amount of food would not feed the thousands, but he brought this seemingly insignificant portion and lad wasn't even like an important person. Just a lad. Just didn't seem in a crowd. I'm sure that there were important people there. More important than this child. But he brought the seemingly insignificant to Jesus anyway. Andrew knew that Jesus could take the seemingly insignificant And do something absolutely amazing. The other disciples were telling Jesus, send the crowd away. That is, that is never the best solution. If you want to win people to Jesus, sending them away is not it. Well, we could do a Bible study right now, or you could maybe come to our service on Friday night. could do both but why send them away if the heart is open and willing now why not share the gospel now well oh man we've got an incredible ladies conference coming up which i have not been announcing and i apologize but the ladies conference is coming up and oh if you could just maybe come to that down the road sometime some event in the future when the door is open now, now is the time, right? Why send them away for a later event when you can minister in their life right now? When somebody comes to you and they're hurting and there's an issue in their life and, or in their family and, and, and it's obvious, but they've come to you, maybe because they've already seen 
Jesus in you. Don't turn them away. Take full advantage of that opportunity to share Jesus with them. Lead them to Jesus because you can't do anything about their situation. But I know a God who can. Hallelujah. I know a God who can. Praise God. They come to Christ because the influence of an individual. This, this, is so, this is so vital. People do not necessarily come to church and change their uh, life um, and race to the altar. This, this happens. Don't get me wrong. This does happen in services. But for the most part, the people that are changed by the gospel, the people that are uh, influenced and, 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 and they, uh, they come to repentance and water baptism and filled with his spirit, those people come to Jesus because somebody influenced them. It was an individual like Andrew that went and brought them to Jesus. It's because of your testimony. It's because of your witness. It's because of your light. I can preach until I run out of air. And yes, the foolishness of preaching is there to save those that believe, right? But your life impacting individuals, individuals, the one who will be like Andrew. <laughs> I pray that I will be like Andrew. Who will concern themselves with the seemingly insignificant people. Well, I don't know if I want to invite them. What benefit really would they have to the church? Oh, my. Help us, Jesus. If that ever crosses our mind. Reaching for the one. Andrew's connection with Jesus and the impact that Jesus had on his life. Andrew could not help but reach for one more. One more. So I ask you tonight, who will reach for one and bring them to Jesus? I'm not saying bring them to church. I'm saying bring them to Jesus. By the way, don't forget, you are the church. <laughs> Wherever you go and whatever you do, you represent the body of Christ. And when you bring them to whatever it might be, a coffee or a lunch or to your home for a game night, you are being the light in their life. And you can bring them to Jesus. Praise God. Don't ever think that something as insignificant as a game night in your home can't reach somebody, can't break down some of the barriers and walls that people have in their life. Building friendships, starting to disciple.
Praise God. Now, Andrew, nothing more is mentioned. Nothing more is mentioned about Andrew or his role in the early church. In my mind, from what I've read in Scripture, I would say that Andrew continued to do what Andrew did. Andrew sought after the one and brought them to Jesus. So he wasn't the, uh, the big-name uh, disciples, the big-name preachers, those that preached to thousands, impacting thousands, commanding people to be baptized, being bold, also putting his foot in his mouth, those kind of th that Andrew continued to be Andrew and did what Andrew had always done, which was bring people, one at a time, to Jesus. Bringing people to Jesus. <laughs> but don't ever diminish the role of an Andrew. Because it's Andrew and people like Andrew, people who identify with Andrew, who win people like Peter. People like Peter. I'll never preach to the big crowds. I'll never be able to do that. But if I can win the one, it takes me back to the story of my pastor, uh, she evangelized. And in one of those meetings, one of those meetings, Brother T.F. Tenney gave his heart to the Lord. And my pastor continued to evangelize and, 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 and travel and finally ended up settling in Nova Scotia. And, and that's where I grew up um, and in an incredible church with an incredible leader. But some of the people that were saved under her ministry that she didn't even realize, those ones, those singles, have reached thousands around the globe because of the one. Because of the one. So today I challenge you, in some way, if you can find a way to identify with Andrew, get close to Jesus, allow him to change you, have an impact on your life, and then turn around and get the one. Get the one. Reach out for the one. Because you never know who that one's going to be. You never know how far that one witness will go and how much it'll impact the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Let's stand tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, help me to be an Andrew. Help me to reach one. Help me to lead people to Jesus. Oh God, that I would see what you really want to do with my life. That I would fully understand what, what the plans that you have for me 
so that I can go out and do what you want me to do. And that I would be sensitive to your voice, that I would hear your voice. God, as I'm walking about my day, doing my errands, doing my stuff that I do, I pray that I would be sensitive to your voice. And as you call me to do your work, and as you call me to speak and to say and to act on your behalf, I pray that I would respond and do what you've asked me to do, understanding your voice. I'm only going to know that when I'm close to you. God, I want to know your voice. I want to know your voice. I want to know your way. God, help me today to reach one. Help me to reach one, I pray. In Jesus' name, God, help me to make disciples. Help me to make disciples. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the examples that you gave of these ordinary people doing extraordinary things in your kingdom. God, I want to be one of those ordinary people. I want to do what you want me to do. I yield my life, God, right now. I yield to your will, to your way, to your purpose in my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God.